This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach. And today, I'm so excited to welcome Kathy Caprino to the show. Kathy is going to talk about how women can access their inner power and bravery in life and career. Kathy, I am just giddy to have you on the show today. We were chatting before and, you know, our paths have crossed virtually for for such a long time, but what a joy and an honor to have you on the show. I can't thank you enough. I'm giddy over here too, Caroline. Wow. So fun. Well, yeah, well, let's dive into a conversation because your work is really extraordinary and you've got an incredible new book called The Most Powerful You. And, you know, it's really fascinating when we think about our journeys as women in the career world. I, I firmly believe they're not better or worse than our male counterparts, but they're absolutely different. And you write a lot about confidence and how often assertive women are perceived as too forceful. So what's the deal? Why do some women really shun that power? Yeah. You know, do we have 10 hours? No, I guess. Right. Right. You know, I do want to say that when I talk about women's issues, um, I work with a lot of women, thousands of women, as, as you have. Men have these power gaps as well that the book talks about. But what I found is women process and internalize these gaps differently. So when we talk about the idea of being powerful, what women have told me is, I don't really want power. And I say, why not? And they say, because it's abused. Power is so abused. So the very first thing I'd love to talk about is that, you know, nothing is uh, set in stone. Power is not set in stone like that. What did Shakespeare say? Nothing is, but thinking makes it so. So if we, what I found is if we do not have two things, the bravery to look at and face head on what isn't working and, and take the accountability to walk through the fear and change it. And when we don't have access to internal and external power, that means that we're the change agent, we're the advocate for ourselves. We just can't thrive at the highest level. But as, as you mentioned, in our society, and this is not a man bashing conversation, but we live in a patriarchal world where we all have assumptions about what masculine is, strong, not vulnerable, uh, you know, decisive, etc. And we know what the feminine is supposed to look like, pleasing, malleable, accommodating. Well, what happens is when women do appear to be confident or forceful or assertive, they are often punished and penalized. And there's a lot of research that confirms this. So it's a double-edged sword. I'm asking women, you know, to understand you need more bravery and power. And yes, there might be some backlash, but we can't hang back any longer. We have to show the world what it is like to be a brave and powerful woman. And I know you agree that we've got to teach and groom and develop our young girls to really be ready for this as well. You write so beautifully about a a shift that happens at a very early age, about 12 or 13 with girls. Tell us more about that. Yes. and, And the Confidence Code, that wonderful book, talks a lot about this, but... What the research has shown is this, 
before age 12 or 13, girls and boys show kind of an equal amount of believing in themselves as leaders, raising their hands to share their ideas, thinking they could be an astronaut, thinking they could, you know, do STEM work, science, technology, engineering, math. But something happens when we hit 12 or 13, when girls become 12, 12 or 13, they start to go underground with their voice. They start not to raise their hand for those leadership positions. They start to be quite concerned with their body image. Uh, and social media pressure starts to be extreme for them. And this is different from boys of their age. So from a very early age, women are shaped to be, as we just talked about, you know, that pleasing, accommodating. Uh, so we often lose our voices. We lose that ability to see ourselves as leaders as naturally as boys do. You know, it's fascinating. Here you and I sit in our respective homes because we are still navigating this COVID-19 global pandemic journey, and it has significantly impacted the employment marketplace, right? Before COVID, there was a talent war and there were so many opportunities for people to advance and um, people were being headhunted and poached and recruited. And, and not to say that that's still not happening, but the labor market has changed. So why is power and bravery, why is there even more of a sense of urgency now with this new normal? What a great question. So you know, it is a competitive world out there. And if we are to thrive and reach our highest visions for how we want to contribute in the world, we have to be rocking it. And, you know, the book talks about what I've seen are the seven most damaging power gaps that professional women face. All of these gaps, and, and quickly I'll say a few, not recognizing your special talents, abilities, and accomplishments. Two is communicating from fear, not strength. Three is reluctance to ask for what you deserve, and it goes on and on. But when you are not able to do these things, when you, the number one that I see is women struggle to, to answer the question, what are you great at? What are your special talents? How do you stand out? And I saw this because I have something called a career path assessment, a self-assessment that something like 70,000 people have downloaded, but I've seen thousands of these. Women leave that question blank. How are you special? How do you stand out? And part of it is they might know that they have a, a skill, but they're scared to call it a talent and they're scared to say that it's great. They're afraid. And I do a lot of work on LinkedIn, as I know you do too, Caroline. Um, I can see in about five minutes when someone is hiding, when yeah. we know nothing about their story and why we should pay attention to their story and why their contributions are important. So the truth is, if you can't do this, if you can't understand how you are special and gifted and talented and everyone on the planet is, then you're going to leave so many opportunities on the table. So you're such a seasoned coach and speaker and author. How are you moving the needle with those whom you coach to help them really embrace that inner confidence and close that power gap? That one in particular, you mean, the not recognizing yeah. special talents? Well, one thing that's, that's a little bit of a secret sauce in looking at this career path assessment, honest to goodness, I mean, I, I've connected with 
women at the UN, UN epidemiolo- epidemiologists, mm, you know, top wow. researchers, top, you know, top nonprofit uh, founders. It's just that they haven't been in a situation where they can hear an objective viewpoint about their amazing gifts. So one thing I will do is I'll do a brain dump after reading their career path assessment and I'll say, this is what I see in you. And I think by virtue of the fact that I've worked with a lot of people, they believe me, uh, but it's, it's, never, it's never fake. What they're sharing about what they've done in the past 10 years or five years or 20 years is remarkable. So I echo back to them what I see. And I think that very act helps them begin to see because they're hearing it from, you know, potentially a neutral party that they are tremendously talented. So that's kind of step number one. The second thing is sometimes we need external validation. So um, in my TEDx talk, Time to Brave Up, I talked about identifying the 20 facts of you. That's how I call it. But this weekend, after you're hearing this show, people, take a white, you know, pad of paper and sit down and brainstorm the 20 things, and hopefully it's 50 things or 100 things that you've done that are irrefutable, validatable, measurable, that you are most proud of, you know, things that you did that move the needle for a person, for your community, for your organization. And I promise you, you're going to see things that do make you stand out. And just doing that act, I think, infuses people with a little more power and confidence. Kathy, I love that. That is such a great exercise. And I think we should all do it from time to time to dust off our strengths and really own those talents. Mm, I love it. Yeah, I think if we can, the whole idea is getting in closer touch with who you really are and what you have to offer and what you care about. You know, one of the other gaps is number six, losing sight of your thrilling dream. So many people, and, and of course, all of these are me. You know, I've lived, I don't really tend to write about things I know nothing about. <laughs> I have lived every one of these gaps. Some I've overcome for good. Some I'm still working on. It's a work in progress. But that losing sight of your thrilling dream, why do we bail on our biggest career visions, you know, from right out of the gate? Usually it's money. Usually it's um, wanting stability, that safe and secure job, which takes us away from ourselves. But the whole point is build a relationship, an intimate relationship with yourself. What do you want? What do you care about? How are you shooting all over yourself? Because, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we take the wrong path. But when we take the wrong path, it can be really detrimental to our confidence, our self-esteem. I have, I have a course, The Amazing Career Project, and it's 16 weeks, and I'm in week two right now of this cohort. A, a wonderful woman said, I know you've talked about vision. I, I can't even identify what my vision is for the future. I'm so lost. And that's just thousands of women today, I think. Yeah, and it takes a lot of vulnerability to admit that. So good for her. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you've got to admit what isn't working for, you know, greater awareness equals greater choice. I, I learned that in my therapy training. Uh, you've got to be aware of something to change it. But yeah, if you feel like I've lost sight, I, I knew I had a dream, but where is it? Then there's bravery and power we've got to embrace and take some key steps, right? Kathy, we'll be right back after a quick break. 
Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So Kathy, I love that this book is so steeped in research. What, what finding most surprised you from your survey of women? I think it's a really interesting question. You know, when you work with a lot of people you and you're attending to the trends and patterns you're seeing, that's research, right? That's qualitative research. And I used to do research, market research in my former corporate life, and I loved it. But I decided, all right, let me see if I can validate or check on the statistical significance of the prevalence of these gaps. And and the thing that shocked me, Caroline, is I've done a survey on type form, very easy, anyone can take it, and about a thousand women, close to a thousand women have taken it. And what it's showing is 98% of the women surveyed, and it's all ranges, all levels, it's around the world, global, a global look, 98% have at least one of these seven gaps, and over 75% have three or more at the same time. And that did floor me. That that's a staggering number. You know, it sometimes you, you know that we're kind of uh, what would you call it? Uh, the people that come to us come to us because they like what they're seeing in our writing or our podcast. So there's a self-selected pool. So I thought, yes, this is what I'm hearing day in day out. But let me let me find out statistically. And that's you know what that says is there's an epidemic of powerlessness going on here. Mm, so true. So true. I was, I was struck about you writing in the book about how we need to see ourselves as change agents. Tell me about that. So the very first thing is so many people I feel, especially when they're in jobs or roles or industries or fields that aren't aligned with them, they begin to lose the sense that they can make a change internally or for their own lives. But when you have that feeling over and over that you can't lead your own life, it makes it very difficult to believe that you can be a change agent for others, that you can be a leader for others. I always say, I really believe that you can't be a good leader of anything if you can't lead your own life. You have to be able to do that work because you know, it's boundary work, it's speaking up, it's, it's tough stuff. So um, where were we going with that? Oh, I'd love to talk and then I forget your question. Yeah, no, that's okay. Just about being our own self-advocates as change agents. So what, what I'm suggesting here is that we do these steps, we close these gaps so that we begin to understand that we can take the reins on our careers. So many women you know, they've had hard times at work. I, Being a former therapist, I feel comfortable saying this. There's been trauma at work. And trauma is subject, uh, subjective. But even people who've been laid off in a way that was brutal, like 
for me. That's what I went through after 9-11. It was brutal to me. I, I didn't recover for a long time. When you've had that kind of trauma, you lose the ability to feel like you can take the reins on your situation. You, you can often feel like a victim. So that's what I mean by understanding you can take steps to rein, take the reins on your career and control it. Control what you can control. Today, we, today we're seeing that there's a lot we cannot control, right, Caroline? Yeah, yeah, certainly. You know, I do think this is incredibly opportune and relevant, though. You mentioned 9-11 and, you know, I'm thinking of the, the previous recession. But the reality is many women and men have been let go or furloughed because of this pandemic and they're feeling like they don't have control. And, you know, what I hear you saying is, yes, do what you can to self-advocate and be that change agent for yourself. Absolutely, 100 percent. But there's a there's a corollary to that. As a, as a career coach, when the pandemic hit, I thought, uh oh, there goes my business for a while, and I'm going to have to prepare for that. The crazy thing is, I have heard from more women in the past three months than I have yeah. in in any other. I've been doing this, you know, a good ten to fifteen years. And what's happened is, and I see this over and over, when we go through a crisis, and that can be in our world, in our country, in our community. It often wakes people up. And mm. especially with this, where a lot of people, men and women, but the women I speak to are home working, and some of them don't have their two hour commute that they used to have, or they're able to have a different kind of boundary than they used to. And that gives them the space to think about wait a minute here. What am I doing? I don't even like this work. I don't want to stay with this narcissistic boss. I hate this toxic work culture. It's given the crisis has created a break down moment that that paves the way for breakthrough, I think. I agree. The silver lining is that it gave us some time and permission to self-reflect and get quiet, sometimes out of necessity, but it was a great opportunity to really reflect. Right. And and it's also a time to say, you know, life is more precarious than I ever thought. I'm yeah. the heck with this. I'm gonna make the most of it. I've been unhappy and I have to make a change. So it is an opportune moment to, to claim control over your life finally. So Kathy, good, good segue talking about leaders. Uh, many of those listening around the world are leading teams. How can they empower others, specifically women, to reach their potential and serve at the highest level in, in organizations. You know, one, I think one of the most important responsibilities of a leader is to groom and develop future leaders. I love that. I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I've written a, an article in Leader to Leader, a wonderful publication, but it's specifically for leaders. But I think what's important is that both men and women who lead in any way and also HR staff, HR teams, any, anybody who influences other people in their organization, I think you need to understand these gaps that women face. And you need to create a culture. See, this is, this is what is frustrating for me. We can have all the policies in the world about how we're going to groom women and there's going to be diversity and there are going to be more women on our boards. But if we don't really understand the challenges that women face, I don't think those policies and changes really are going to hold up and be significant. They're not going to make the changes we need to. So if you're a leader and manager, you need to understand 
what women are going through here and then make sure you're creating a culture that addresses these. So for instance, 70% uh, of the women who uh, answered my survey said they're experiencing communicating from fear, not strength. How many of us, uh, you know, if you've worked in a corporate culture have been shut down because you're a woman, you've been talked over, you've been interrupted, you've had your idea stolen. Uh, we have to be very careful now that we're not allowing that kind of culture that we where we see that we intervene we're an advocate not recognizing your special talents gap number one uh, when you're a manager are you helping your staff understand how they're gifted and talented and are you helping them maybe the role they're in is not a perfect fit but it needs to be done for that period of time but are you giving them a development plan that allows them to leverage what they care about for outcomes that they're thrilled about. You know, I do want to throw in Caroline A. I'm going to spit the next time I see, you know, do not follow your passion. You're going to go broke and end up mm, miserable. Yeah. Yes, there are unwise ways to follow your passion, but everyone today can leverage what they're doing in a way that they can honor what they care about a little more. So as a manager, are you helping your people do that? And so there's, there's quite a number of other ways that if leaders and managers understand these gaps, they can address them with their staff. So Kathy, you and I could literally talk all day and someday I hope we have the great opportunity to do that. But as we wrap up the show today, how might you inspire, encourage listeners around the world to take one baby step something that they can put into action to become a more powerful you. Oh, one baby step. I think it would have to be sit with yourself this weekend quietly, no mm -hmm. distractions. Do that exercise of the 20 facts of you. And then if you don't have a vision for what do you really want, but you know you're not in it now, what I'd like you to do is Think about, I do have a, a link I can share with you, 11 questions to ask to uncover your passion. We don't have to throw everything out. We don't have to lose everything. We don't have to go broke. We can just start becoming that person we dream to be with a micro step. So if you dream to write, but you're far away from writing a best-selling book, write something. Write an article on LinkedIn, write, you know? write a start your blog, do something right now to move on that path to becoming that person that you knew you could be years ago, but you've lost sight of it. I hope that Kathy, I'm smiling ear to ear. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I always learned so much from you. I'm one of your biggest fans. Let me tell our audience that your book is called The Most Powerful You. And of course, it's available on Amazon and at major book retailers. But your website is just so robust and full of great, great resources. I want to point our global audience toward kathycaprino.com. Amazing, amazing resources there. I wish you great success, my dear. And I, I truly hope we get to see each other in person sometime Thank soon. Thank you so much again for having me. I can't wait to give you a hug in person soon. Back at you. Back at you. All right, my dear, you take good care. Thank you. you too. Bye-bye. And if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review because this helps new audience members find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like to hear on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. 
and a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, our Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.